joining us here in the studio for the news briefing is Tremira. Good morning to you. Good morning, Henry. Well, we've had uh, a run of positive news in regards to the COVID-19 updates that we usually do in the beginning of the news briefings. And so we've been seeing this downward trend. Unfortunately, yesterday we saw a bit of an uptick and we saw that new COVID-19 infections went past the 400 mark yesterday. But we should give a caveat because, um, as you're going to later explain, that 400 range number has a large part to do with another number, which is 127. So uh, first, give us an update on what happened yesterday. Yes, the country reported 437 new COVID-19 cases yesterday, of which 405 were local infections. Despite the latest downward trend in the number of new daily infections, the number rose back into the 400 range, largely due to the cluster infection at a religious educational facility in Daejeon, where 127 cases were reported. The total caseload now stands at 75,521, and the death toll reached 1,360, with the addition of 11 more deaths yesterday. Adding to the concern, though, is that the country reported nine more cases of COVID-19 variants over the past week, four from the UK, three from South Africa, and two from Brazil. That brings the variant's total caseload to 27. And as now we hope that this Daejeon clustered infection will not be another major superspreader event, the number of new cases as of 6 p.m. yesterday was 228, uh, 22 fewer than the number reported at the same time of the previous day. So you don't want to blame one particular group or mm. you know, one particular kind of way of living your life, but uh, there does seem to be a, a little bit of a... attention being paid to religious groups. And again, to be more specific, we're not talking about Buddhists. We're not really talking about Catholic groups. Mm -hmm. We really are talking about Protestant Christian groups and really maybe, to be fair, a little bit more of the conservative Protestant Christian groups Mm -hmm. who have been up to now very resistant to the social distancing rules. Uh, Some of them actually openly defying or or, uh, even um, disobeying what the regulations Mm -hmm. should be. And so just because of the fact that uh, these groups feel that they're being unfairly targeted, it gets to be a sensitive issue. However, the numbers are, they don't lie, right? Religious facilities have have been the biggest source of the cluster infections. Mm -hmm. The patient number 31, the Shincheonji breakout in Daegu, North Gyeongsang, that was a religious group, although maybe Protestant Christians don't count Shincheonji as one of their own. The BTJ Center, Mm -hmm. that was another uh, big wave of uh, infections as well during this recent third wave. And before that, I think most people remember the uh, uh, August 15th Liberation Day holidays and the Sarangjil Church, which is led by Jung Gwang-hoon. That Mm -hmm. led to another big super spreader event. So, you know, I mean, there's a track record here, unfortunately. And this specific case in Daejeon, once again, is because of a a facility here that uh, really kind of was not well controlled, right? Yes, this religious educational school is an unauthorized boarding school called International Education Mission School, or IEM, run by a missionary society called IM. 
116 students, which is about 97% of the total 200 students, and 11 staff members have tested positive. And the main reason for this massive infection was uh, they have been living in small spaces in dormitories between 7 and 20 students in a single room, the health authorities said. And many of them reportedly have had to share bathrooms and the cafeteria doesn't have any partitions on the uh, dining tables. And another unauthorized missionary training school in Gwangju that is affiliated with the IEM school has so far reported 23 COVID-19 cases. And these centers are neither schools nor private educational institutions like Hagwon, so they have been out of supervision of the, the authorities. And Prime Minister Jung Se-kyun said yesterday that this boarding school has affiliated facilities nationwide, so fast and stern action is necessary, and ordered the disease control officials to fully mobilize uh, possible capacities to prevent further spread. Right, so you want to hold your religious services, you want to maybe even have uh, missionaries be sent, although it's difficult right now during the pandemic, and you want to train uh, these missionaries. And so that that's all should be allowed under the uh, kind of principle that we have in a free society of uh, the freedom to practice whatever religion mm-hmm, yeah. you want. However, it could, it could be done under a regulatory framework, especially during a pandemic that's where you fine. have to follow the news. So if you say we, we have to be socially distanced, we cannot have more than five people in a facility, we have to wear masks, and we have to have worship services not in person, that can be done. And mm-hmm. it should be something that can, if you're a creative and a good leader of a religious group, that you can try to facilitate. But for some reason, for some reason, there just is going to be this constant mm-hmm. sort of cat and mouse game between religious facilities and what they don't like about these uh, government rules and what they feel is stifling their uh, growth and uh, maybe even their revenue sources for receiving the weekly donation. So, The the shame of all of this is if this leads to another super spreader event and gets worse, we're going to have to get shut down again. Or we're going to have to at least, you know, think about Mm -hmm. uh, more strict measures where we were just maybe getting to the point of Mm -hmm. uh, having a little bit more flexibility. So all of this is going to be constantly a struggle until we get this vaccination out. And uh, you have some interesting developments on that front here, Mita. The health ministry outlined a detailed vaccination roadmap. and possible adjustments in the social distancing measures depending on the level of uh, immunity societally achieved over the course of this year. Could you give us more details? Sure. The Ministry of Health and Welfare reported a vaccination and social distancing roadmap to President Moon Jae-in yesterday. The ministry expects that the country could achieve 80% of herd immunity for the priority groups, including medical staff and elderly people, and 70% for all of the public by November of this year. But we may not be able to pick and choose which vaccine we receive because uh, different vaccines will likely be available at different times. And therefore, uh, the vaccines will be given to people depending on their health conditions. Mm -hmm. The social distancing uh, measures will go through three major adjustment steps depending on the extent of immunity we achieve from the vaccination program. At the first stage, uh, when herd immunity is formed for high-risk people, 
people like medical staff and the elderly, the social distancing measure will be at level 1, where most of the facility restrictions will be lifted. At the second stage, when lower risk groups are inoculated, most restrictions will be replaced with recommendations. And at third stage, which is when herd immunity for the general public is achieved, we could finally get back to normal while having a disease prevention pro- protocol in place. Well, that would be <laughs> the uh, goal that I think everybody is trying to attain. Looks like that will be, if everything works smoothly, we're talking about the third or fourth quarter of this Mm -hmm. year. And so hopefully uh, as we get into uh, next fall, we will see that uh, sign that things have somewhat uh, returned to normal. But up until then, as we have been talking about and as you give us the daily infection numbers, we're still going to be in this sort of trepidatious game. So that roadmap, very important to make sure that uh, we can achieve this uh, 80% of herd immunity. And uh, this is, again... just like the social distancing measures, is going to take a lot of cooperation from the public. I know that there are a lot of people who feel a little bit of nervousness with the vaccines, but uh, when it is your time to get it, uh, you should strongly consider doing so, not just for your own health, but really for the health of society, because to Mm -hmm. achieve that herd immunity takes everybody to uh, really play their part. Well, we know that the pandemic has taken a health toll on the country, but it's also taken an economic toll, particularly for self-employed people and owners of mom and pop type of small businesses who have been forced to shut down because of uh, social distancing and the lockdown. So the ruling party, uh, they're trying to find out ways to compensate these damaged uh, small business owners uh, because of the losses uh, incurred during this period. The, The finance ministry has been... a little bit more reluctant to be Mm -hmm. generous uh, with giving out those benefits. But uh, there was some good news on the front uh, for the supporters of being uh, able to help these small business owners because the the top man himself, President Moon Jae-in, basically said, we've got to help these guys out. Yes, right. Uh, President Moon called for his government yesterday to come up with, quote, institutional ways to compensate loss of the self-employed and small business owners within a range that the state budget can afford, unquote, uh, when he received briefings from local health authorities yesterday. And the remarks from the president came amid heated controversy on additional relief cash uh, handouts ahead of, ahead of the Seoul and Busan mayoral by-election scheduled for April 7. And the ruling party is seeking to compensate up to 70% of the losses of uh, the businesses that have been forced shut due to COVID-19 and other businesses uh, 50 to 60%, which could cost up to 24.7 trillion won for, uh, per month. And the Ministry of Economy and Finance has remained hesitant uh, due to the huge price tag. And the opposition parties lashed out that the plan is nothing but a tactic to win votes during the mayoral by-elections. And the main opposition People Power Party spokesperson Kim Yeryong said uh, the ruling party is trying to take advantage of people's pain and suffering to win the elections without any clear plans on how to finance and how to arrange the guidelines. And despite this criticism, the ruling party pledged rapid handout of the compensation by no later than the election day. Yeah, and so from the opposition point of view, um, I think you can understand why they would be upset because that date, April 7th, is very, very close (laughs) to uh, a very, very important, I think, strategic 
political event for them because they want to see if they can win both of these seats. They want to win the Busan seat. They want to win the uh, Seoul seat. And if they see a very generous welfare benefit being given out to the people and the, the people there who are voters see that, well, this was really because of the efforts of the ruling party mm-hmm. and the government. I, I am happy for this benefit. Who should I support in this race? <laughs> um, th- th- that's going to be interesting with the, uh, the, with the timing. But as you say, uh, with President Moon now officially um, publicly stating his support for this, it's going to put even more pressure on Hong Nam-gi and the Ministry of Finance mm-hmm. to see if they are going to cooperate or not. Because now you're not just defying the ruling party, you're essentially defying the president as well. Speaking of the mayoral election, let's get an update there. Mira, the opposition side plans to present... try a a unified candidacy, one candidate uh, to be the anti-government, anti-ruling party uh, candidate for the Seoul mayoral race. It's getting difficult. An Cheol-su is really in a kind of tug of war right now with the main Mm -hmm. opposition PPP as to how they are going to use the process to select the unified candidate. He doesn't want to join the party. PPP says, if you want to run in our primary, you have to join the party. That's right. The main opposition PPP's acting chairman Kim Jong-in once again reiterated his objection to An's suggestion by saying that he doesn't care whatever suggestion An has made because uh, he's just responsible for fielding a PPP candidate. And regarding An's demand that the PPP uh, open up its primary to uh, all opposition contenders, Kim said it is not worth discussing. And An has also suggested that he would sign a pledge to respect the outcome of candidate consolidation. But Kim again said uh, it doesn't really matter. And meanwhile, the PPP is proceeding with its nomination process on schedule by interviewing candidates for Busan mayoral election yesterday. Yeah, the analysis seems to be that uh, when An Chesu made that very early and somewhat surprising announcement he was going to run for mayor, he kind of took the judokon as a Kind of the the control of Mm -hmm. the the narrative by putting pressure on the PPP because he started all of a sudden polling the highest and it it made them say, oh my gosh, we're going to have to run the mayor race without our own guy because uh, An Jae-su is going to be the popular choice. But then Kim Jong-in, the acting chairman, really kind of took that back by basically Mm -hmm. saying, you know what? We're going to run our candidate and maybe we're just going to run it all three at the same time and maybe we can still win the race. So he basically played a game of poker saying, we don't necessarily need you, Anjasu. And then Anjasu kind of came back and said, well, I'm going to run in your primary, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm not going to join the party. And so now it's really interesting who's going to blink first. Is Anjasu going to say, okay, okay, I'm, I'm not going to have to, you know, uh, I'm going to concede to your wishes or uh, it's, it's, it's messy, but it's also interesting. Now, as far as both parties are concerned, the, the PPP and the ruling party, they have essentially now set their primary schedules, right? Yes, that's right. The ruling Democratic Party has finalized the detailed schedule for its nomination. It will will receive applications from tomorrow to Friday and pick preliminary candidates for the primary on February 8th after screening documents and conducting interviews. The DP's primary for the Seoul mayoral election will be held after the Lunar New Year holiday, and it will select the final candidate on March 1st. And final candidate for the Busan mayoral election will be determined on March 11th. And the PPP has already begun the vetting process last Friday, and it plans to select uh, primary candidates within this week and hold the primary on March 4th. 
And we have to acknowledge uh, sort of the big shadow looming over both races is that the uh, former mayors of both Seoul and Busan uh, were accused of sexual harassment and uh, in one case tragically died and the other case uh, was forced to step down. Mm -hmm. And so that's brought another element to this race. And of course, uh, the Me Too movement and, and the growing calls for more awareness to these kind of problems that occur in society Well, uh, another scandal occurred, and this time affecting the minor opposition Justice Party, where their now former chairman has stepped down, acknowledging uh, some of these allegations of sexual harassment uh, that were leveled against him, right? Yes, Justice Party Chairman Kim Jong-chul admitted to sexually harassing Chang Hae-young, deputy floor leader of the party, and stepped down from his post yesterday. The party's deputy leader, Pae Bok-ju, told reporters that the party conducted several rounds of meetings with the victim and the perpetrator to investigate the case, and the perpetrator, Kim, admitted to his uh, misconduct. She said the party's top priority is respecting the victim and helping her return to a normal life, and they will show zero tolerance to the offender. Kim later issued his statement apologizing to the victim, party members, and public for his wrongdoing and said, quote, I have no excuse for my action. And he asked the party uh, for tough punishment. So... I mean, there's, it's just, you have to be bummed. This is a huge blow to the Justice Party because they mm-hmm. have been the one maybe unique political party that has been so strongly advocating for yeah, women's rights right. and, 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 of course, calling out uh, a lot of the injustices with sexual harassment, even to the uh, point of being controversial against ruling party mm-hmm. members as well. Uh, so, it's, again, with it happening in their own ranks is um, certainly a big shameful blow for them. But it's really just a head-scratcher in the, in the sense that what Kim Jong-chul is accused of doing and admitted doing, let's, let's all acknowledge you should not sexually harass anybody. That's bad. That's, that's really, you, you should not do that. It should never be tolerated. But why you would choose to do that against Chang Yeung, who was a former temporary chairman of this party mm-hmm. and one of the iconic figures yeah. of the feminist movement, who, mm-hmm. you know, and, and by all public appearances, does not seem to be someone who's going to be weak and, and will cower over this kind of situation, it just seems like a very, very not mm, smart thing yeah, to do. No. So, um, justice looks like it's being served, but again, for the Justice Party itself, there is going to be a question now what their direction is going to be going forward. Uh, Mira, we have one more story to talk about. Another tragedy. The parents and friends of this Taiwanese student who died last year in a traffic accident caused by a drunk driver has asked for strong punishment for this perpetrator. Yes, the offender admitted to his wrongdoing and expressed his deep regret at the first trial yesterday, but the parents and friends of the victim demanded heavy punishment of him. The victim was hit by a the the drunk driver while crossing the southern Seoul road on a green pedestrian light. Her friends held picket signs yesterday in front of the Seoul Central District Court, demanding the strongest possible penalties for the perpetrator because he is a second offender. And parents of the victim filed a petition with the presidential office Cheongwade calling for harsh punishments for the offender. The petition has now garnered more than 200,000 signatures. And one of the friends criticized that drunk drivers still get away with slap on the wrist even after the so-called Yun Chang-ho Act 
took effect in 2018, referring to the tougher measures for DUI, named after a victim who was killed by a drunk driver in Busan in 2018. Yeah, we've seen that with with these drunk driving cases. We've seen this with sexual assault cases. We've seen this with uh, the the abuse of uh, children like the adopted Mm. baby Jungin. We've seen that with maybe people saying, why aren't people investigating or publicizing more of the sexual harassment allegations against Chu Ho-young? The floor leader is... You can have rules, but if you're not enforcing the rules, that's when the problem is what's the point of having them mm-hmm. on the books. Okay, Bira, as always, we're going to leave it there. But uh, thank you so much, as always, for the reporting, and we look forward to talking to you at the end of the week. Thank you.